Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Do you cheer for a team without a head coach? Is prayer the only way you'll hear your team's name on Selection Sunday? You might be suffering from depression, anxiety, or what we like to call March Sadness. Have no fear, Cornbread Hemp is here. Cornbread Hemp's organic, full-spectrum CBD products have just what you need to relieve everyday anxiety. Try our Extra Strength Gummies today. Use the promo code BIGX at checkout and get 30% off your purchase at cornbreadhemp.com. Don't wait to beat the buzzard. Try Cornbread Hemp today. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, cats. Cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's going to throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown! Kentucky! Victory! Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief! We did it. We beat those British We beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. February 17th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Roush, starting to get worried about UofL's NCAA tournament chances. (gasps) not looking good oh no they lost again last night no they did they did never i know (laughs) can't hardly believe it but they did at home i think it's a seven game losing streak for the first time since 41 or 40 or somewhere in that ballpark and yeah 41 they uh war times (laughs) i uh i actually was in the car had a meeting last night and then went to was going to like Kroger or something. Had eight forty on or whatever channel they're on now. I can't tell. Um, Jody Dimling sounded so sad. It was the halftime report, mm. and the cards are just trailing thirty five twenty five at half. It's not a whole lot of good. In the first half, it's like, oh, you mean the bad basketball team looked very bad? I'm shocked. I also was not shocked that I had friends in our group message saying, hey, does anybody have a pirated link to the game because I can't watch it? It's, it's like every other week for them. That's just embarrassing. Seriously, the, the guy who was the previous ACC commissioner is just like should be uh, marooned out on an island for just screwing that league over. It's never been harder for me to watch U of all basketball, which is wild. I didn't have – in total rarity for me, 
didn't have the U of L game on for a single second last night, just because now I know if it's on that stupid regional network between YouTube TV, Sling TV, the the ones I have logins for, you're not going to be able to get it. Nope. Now if it's on like UVerse or Direct TV, it's fine. You do get it, but I don't really care enough either with U of L being as bad as they are. They've won one game since January 5th. One game. 11 and 14 on the year. After their win against Pittsburgh on January 5th, they were 10 and 4, 4 and 0 in conference. Hmm. Not 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 the case anymore though. Nope, it's nope. uh Pagase, now you all fans are mad at him. Did you see that? Oh, so it's his fault that the team's It's his fault bad. now. He's not playing the right lineups. <laughs> You of all fans, you all just have a terrible team. The players are, are, by all accounts... Not good. Not Well, we know that. But supposedly, they're turds. There's now been three different U of L players that have been kicked out of practice with Big X Sports Radio's report from Mike Rutherford that Sidney Curry was kicked out of practice on Monday. See, Malik Williams, Sidney Curry, who else? I think Noah Locke. I forget who the Sounds third right. one was. He mentioned he mentioned all three of them yesterday. It's a disaster. But don't be don't be mean to Pagase. Guy's trying his best. It's not his fault if the team's just absolutely terrible. No, JJ Trainer, after not playing for pretty much the entire season, started last night. Yeah. <laughs> Sidney Curry played ten minutes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Mike didn't think that he was going to play at all because of the thing that happened on Monday, but he did get in for a little bit. Not good. No, no, not good. Not good at all. You hate to see it. Do you? <laughs> not really. About a month no. ago, I was kind of like in feel bad mode, but after Tuesday, and you know, anytime Kentucky loses, and just seeing all those well, goobers. I think I wanted them to at least win one game with Mike Pugase, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they could beat Clemson. If they don't beat Clemson on Saturday, it's over. They're not, they're not winning at North Carolina. They're not winning at Wake Forest. They're not winning at Virginia Tech. And then they're not beating Virginia. Even though that game's at home, they're not beating Virginia. The funny thing about the game last night is... So it's Clemson or bust. By all accounts, that was one of the last winnable games for Louisville. And, and their fan base felt great about it going in. Yeah, they were one-point dogs. And everybody... I, I, was, I was like, why, why is Miami only a one-point favorite? I'm not a big Miami guy. I don't think they're very good. But even, you know, I would have thought four at minimum that was a cover for the hurricanes fun night of college basketball it's it's, the, it's a good time of the year the uh i just I, I love the notion like you made a good point it's not mike pagase's fault it's actually chris mack's fault that this team is as bad as they are because of like it's roster construction we were fooled like we we just inflated the pieces to last year's team going into it we just thought like Olivier Sar was better than what he was. We thought BJ Boston would be better than what he was. We thought Terrence Clark was going to be able to play for the whole season. Uh, in Louisville's case, this is a lot like Scott Satterfield last year, where you're just like, they don't have players. You have to win games with good football players. They don't have them. They haven't recruited them. I don't know why you think they're just going to be good all of a sudden. Same here. You you got a guy from Marshall from the transfer portal, and you thought you were going to be good. It, you found lightning in a bottle with Carly Jones, all right? You can only get so lucky so many times with guys from Radford coming in as grad transfers. Yeah. So it, it just 
was a disaster from the get-go. Suck it, Mac. Enjoy those Millers. Living the high life. Well, Louisville fans. I I felt bad talking to some Louisville fans last night. I was like, yeah, it's kind of nice, you know. The Kentucky side of things getting excited about March again. No, like, yeah, it's it's been a while for us. Yeah, I definitely noticed it with UK fans. See more UK car flags and people wearing UK stuff around the neighborhood. Uh, you don't, but the, the I do think the overall buzz of the city is it's still so down, down yeah, like yeah. how it has been. But I think it's because U of L athletics stinks. Not very good right now. And it, you just can't even have the the fun conversations. Like, uh, I'll go hang out at my buddy's barbershop for a few minutes, grab a cup of coffee, see what they're talking about over there. And, like, even coaching search talk isn't fun because nothing's happening. She's just like, yeah, Kenny Payne. Well, I don't know, you know, maybe must bus. I don't know. Kind of like him. He won a big game recently. But there's not even uh, – my, my, my one buddy had uh, Kelvin Sampson. How would you like that, Justin? That was his uh, – that's Kel- his fun Kel- start of the Kel- pot response. Kelvin Sampson's not leaving. No. But you do a good job. Good coach. Yeah. Maybe. Really, I mean, the fact Mac failed as much as he did. You have all, whether it's Payne, Musbus, Samson, it's a good job. It should do well. They have all the pieces, all the tools to, to do great. They just keep getting in their own way. They keep cheating and getting caught and doing stupid things mm-hmm. and mishandling situations. I also appreciate now that there's no way the NCAA is going to give us a postseason ban for getting caught cheating. It's like, guys, the, you, this isn't part of your punishment as being bad. <laughs> it's not how this works. Like, Just because you stink doesn't apply to time served. I do think that I was a big proponent of, like, they're getting at least a minimum two-year postseason ban. Like, they, while in trouble, went ahead and got in trouble. And then while in trouble, while in trouble, they had another extortion case with the Mac Gaudio Audio. I was a big proponent that they were going to get hammered. I do think that the AIRP, IAARP, yeah, whatever, it's, folks, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they, I do think they'll be like, all right, this has taken us four years, three years to figure out. We will take that in consideration. But, yeah, they're just getting themselves set up for disappointment. <sighs> but the good news is they can always... Sue, start mm-hmm. a new division. What were the three things that they said that they were going to do? Oh, um, Sue, start a new division, or just... Bust into Nike. Yes. Yes, they were yeah. going to go, they were going to bust gonna... down to Nike's doors, they're going to still fill Knight's files. And that was kind of on, like, a premise of, like, blackmailing, that, like, if you don't go after Nike, <laughs> we're going to... Oh. oh, man. It really is. That's just absolutely... It's hilarity. Yeah. So, you know what uh, doesn't make a lot of sense, though? Like... This is this is unrelated to Louisville, but uh, we're at a point where Rutgers basketball is as good, actually better than Indiana basketball. Wow. I'd agree with that. They went to the tournament last year. The darlings of the Big Ten. Almost won. Did they, 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 they like lost on a buzzer beater in the tournament, right? Or did they win a game and lose in the second round in a crazy game? I remember that game being a good game. No idea. Regardless of circumstances. I thought they got maybe blown out now that I'm thinking about it. Just, uh, I like that big guy that he had last year. But Greg Peichel, remember when Kentucky played him in the NCAA tournament? Was it, was it Bucknell? It's one of those first-round games. That was his previous stop. Now he's got Rutgers. Rutgers has won four straight games against ranked opponents as an unranked team. Wow, really? 
Four That's straight games. Pretty incredible. I knew they had some really good wins. I didn't know it was four straight. Beat Illinois by 11 last night. Unrelated. First Me- unranked team to play four straight regular season games versus AP ranked opponents and win them all. Meanwhile, on the opposite coast, the nation's number one team beat 7-21 and 21 Pepperdine. Oh. <laughs> wow. Getting them ready for that tournament. Way to go, Gonzaga. I wonder if they, I like. Just, like, you know Cal, his Calisms, we've heard them all and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The the one the one about Kentucky's not for everybody. I really would if I'm. This is a hot take. I understand that. Oh, as I'm we, saying, we, this. let's 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 eat. Some I of feel these like spicy if I was an balls. NBA GM. scout, yeah. GM, executive, I would think ever so slightly less of Gonzaga players. Like you're going there and you're you're admitting that you're hiding for 18 games or or 16, however many conference games they're playing. And then you take into consideration while they do play a nice out of conference schedule. You got to assume at least half the out of conference schedule, though, is going to be poop teams. So you're really talking about hiding like 22 games out of potential maybe 40. Well, that doesn't even take into consideration conference tournament play. So you're really talking about 25. You're basically hiding 25 out of the potential 40 games. You get to hibernate in the Northwest. You're a grizzly bear. Seven and twenty-one Pepperdine. Chet Holgram had eighteen and seventeen, but who 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 could possibly be all that impressed with that? They're seven and twenty-one. They're horrible. They have to be one of the worst teams in college. They're basketball. horrible by West Coast Conference standards. Yeah, which is already just pretty horrible in its own right. One of be one of my least favorite IU losses of all time was to Pepperdine. Fun fact. Really. Back Kentucky's when I was a got, kid, Kentucky's traumatized got some me. really bad losses to bad teams. Uh, Pepperdine, I don't know if they've ever beaten Kentucky or not. I, I remember, remember Billy Sean played him though because he was from Compton. Oh, okay, far, and they, they scheduled that game so he could play. I don't think they went there, but it was a close by. I remember Pepperdine two eighty one in Kimpom. You remember when Kentucky lost to San Diego in the Billy Gillespie era? Yeah, I was uh, in Lex. We were actually staying at the Hyatt, and we were it was like Christmas one of our break. friends. Yeah, because uh, we were sitting at the Hyatt for that Lexington Christmas tournament, mm-hmm. and a guy on our team was telling like college girls that he played for San Diego. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At San Diego, they played a couple teams, but they had a long layover, so they took a vacation. They took like a vacation in Kentucky, and they like went to all the tourist stuff in Kentucky, and they toured horse farms. And I just remember the pictures they showed during the broadcast. They're like, it's been a long week for the San Diego basketball team, so they went and checked out horse farms. I've never seen. Unhappier people. Yeah. That, like, uh, shocking 18 and 21 year old from San Diego <laughs> were, are were unimpressed. Blown away with the beautiful bluegrass hills of, of Kentucky. Uh, but that was a bad one, Justin. Obviously, the Gardner Webb, VMI, those are some of the worst ones for Kentucky. So I'm sure IU's got a pretty good list, too. The, the only two that really bother me are the Pepper, Pepperdine and then Charlotte beat us once on a half-court buzzer beater with .7 seconds. No, nothing wrong with the, the 49ers beating you. Man. Charlotte used to curb stomp U of L here. And yeah, that's Conference true. USA, we'd have uh, Bob Dominey on those broadcasts. Charlotte, you could watch those on television back okay. when you could watch U of L. Yeah, back in the TV. day, the good old days. <laughs> Uh, Charlotte's, I think, in the same tier of like a UAB who eliminated Kentucky from the tournament, oh, yeah. which uh, wasn't. wasn't Ooh, I, I was wrong. It's Steve Pikel, and he was. It wasn't uh, Bucknell. It was Stony Brook. Remember when they had the guy who was gonna get all the rebounds against Kentucky? Yeah, Warn Warner Warney. Yeah, Warney. There yeah. you go. Yeah, Jamal with like four yeah, A's that was in his in name. Sixteen, and then Kentucky's last win that year. Indiana's R. last uh, NCAA tournament. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, that's great. I that like does, the way, that I like the way bother me, though. Indiana's last NCAA tournament win was over Kentucky. Yeah, there is a little piece of you that's like, hey, get 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 back and win one. <laughs> so we can move that yes. one off. I, I'm impressed that you all remember who it was against because I it's been so long, I don't. There's uh, Haters and losers may say, TJ, you're criticizing Gonzaga for beating Pepperdine, but Auburn beat 13-12 and 12 lowly Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has at least, at least one NBA player on yeah. the roster. Can't I can't imagine that's the case for Pepperdine. And yes, the SEC does have some bad teams. Uh, Vanderbilt's semi dangerous just because when you got somebody that can drop thirty any given night, and makes it a little bit difficult. Seven footer from Minnesota, he's a competent basketball player. He just hasn't played much this season. But the bottom of the SEC would just completely dominate the bottom of the WCC, and the bottom of the SEC would likely compete, if not just win outright against the top of the WCC with Gonzaga being the exception. So it's really apples and oranges, if you were potentially thinking that. Uh, rounding up the night in college basketball, Purdue, six points favorite, goes on the road, wins by six points. Oh. Baylor, defending national champs, go on the road to Texas Tech. Many saying one of the best atmospheres in college basketball. They lose. Texas Tech gets the win. As Roush mentioned, Rutgers. And then in the SEC, Alabama will not be coming into Rupp Arena with a losing streak. They beat Mississippi State. I watched a little bit of that game. Molinar, so tough to guard. Yeah, he's good. Alabama did better against him than than Kentucky did, but still, good player. I was thinking, if it wasn't for Oscar Sheboy, I wonder who would win the SEC Player of the Year. I would go Molinar, but between Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith last night had 30 points. Kessler, just the way he affects a game with his shot blocking. Note at Arkansas is a freak scorer. That's true. You got some. You got you got plenty of good. I mean, obviously, Scotty Pippen Jr. is putting up great numbers at Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt stinks. Vanderbilt. I uh, I saw a little tidbit from Mark's story that Rick Barnes was in the the ten win club against Kentucky, and I was scrolling through that list of folks, and old Kevin Stallings. Man, you want to talk about all time bad decision making? That leaving for Pitt was terrible for all parties involved. No, he kind of got pushed out. Did he? Yeah, it was like, all right, probably time to try something a little bit new. And he was kind of mad at Vandy. Vandy was kind of disappointed with him, and it was just kind of one of the – it was like a Jamie Dixon situation. Yeah. Also, or maybe a Tubby Smith situation. But, like – We've got to talk about Tubby. Pitt, they've been bad ever since pushing him out. Vandy, mm-hmm. they've been bad ever since pushing him out. Van- Kevin Stallings had some good Vanderbilt teams. Yeah. And if you go through – that list, there's a lot of Vanderbilt coaches on there. Some of it's because they just played them a bunch of, you know, they're they're going to pick up some wins if you play them twice a year for every year. But Vanderbilt, not as bad historically as they have been since Kevin Stallings left. I think they had three coaches on that list that coached at Vanderbilt that have 10 wins over Kentucky. Oh, geez. Yeah. Some guy I'd never heard of, too. Like DeVoe? Does that sound right? Mm, no. But C.M. Newton, he yeah, uh, he was on there. Uh, Kevin Stallings and Roy Skinner. That's who it was in the seventies. Vanderbilt had some decent runs. Bob Knight, though, did not have a winning record against Kentucky. Suck it, Scooter. Is what it is. That's a tough look, Scoots. I think he lost like his last seven of eight against UK. Oh man, nineties were a great time to watch Bobby Knight coach basketball. Just an old curmudgeon who wasn't that good. Well, the. Landscape of college basketball, ever-changing. Kay retiring mm-hmm. after this season didn't come out of the locker room at halftime. Some people think 
maybe he was doing that to to duck questions about the Harvard Tommy Amaker situation. Yeah, let's did, talk about it. Did, well, okay, all right, we can get into that. I was going to say <laughs> that college basketball, the coaches are all going to look different here in a few years, and the great Tubby Smith has decided to step aside and that he's he's done coaching. But if you missed the news yesterday, Tubby yeah. said, I'm done coaching. And he didn't like say, I'm done, I'm retired, but he's. For all intents and purposes. Yeah. He didn't say retired, but he did say that I'm not coaching this year and not GG's next year. GG's taking over. Yeah. And his contract ends after next season. So GG will finish out Tubby Smith's contract. So, yeah, he's 70 years old. but yeah. Got a nice book in this year. Was able to come back to Lexington, get his jersey retired. I just don't get why he would do it in the middle of the season. Tubby doesn't seem like that type of guy. Well, he had gotten COVID twice in a year's time. Oh, yeah, it was COVID. So yeah, he okay. was a 70-year-old. Yeah. Plus, he, was, he was off the court for a while. Hot points not very good. You yeah, know, might as well just. I think GG, he could have became the first coach to take six different teams to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and I think maybe the writing was on the wall that like, okay, it's not not going to happen with Hot Point, not mm-hmm. this year. And he didn't he didn't want to do next year. And plus, if you step aside right now, you get to pick who takes over instead. If you do it at the end of the season, you could have the school say, okay, well we're going to pick. So now his son's got a job. How many sons does he have? Fifteen. I mean, I feel like every day I've, I hear of a new Tubby. Two or three. He's got obviously at least two, but does he have a third? Good question. So you got Saul and Gigi. I don't. Where's Saul? Yeah, uh, Brian. It was, there's a there's a Brian Smith. Yeah. Where's Saul Smith? Uh, I thought he was coaching somewhere else. He's he's had his. Though that we we had this discussion recently. We don't know where Saul is. We tried finding <laughs> him. No idea where Saul is. Saul was in Lexington uh, for that ceremony, though. Strange-looking guy. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, if anybody knows where Saul Smith is, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, there's some rumors that Kay didn't come out, so he could have a reason not to do the post-game press conference where potentially he'd be asked about the, the Harvard situation. So are you up to date with that? Um, I don't have the specific details, but from my understanding, Tommy Amaker, who was, I forgot where he was before Harvard, but he's been at Harvard for a long time. And he was on that short list of candidates to replace coach K. And from my understanding is they had offered him the job and coach K was like, Oh no, he's not my handpicked choice. So let me talk to Tommy and talk him into not taking it. Because I I think John Shire is going to be a star, and I want John Shire to be the guy. So he called Tommy Amaker, and Amaker kind of did him a favor by saying, okay, I'll withdraw my name so that John Shire can be your guy. Yeah, this is coming out on a book from Ian O'Connor from the New York Post. But basically along those lines, Duke had made up their mind. They wanted Tommy Amaker, and Kay had to have a very difficult conversation There was going to be awkwardness. Basically, yeah, Kay called Amaker and said, if if you're going to be the coach, you're going to have to come in and kind of get a feel for things, basically be a coach in waiting, and that's going to make Shire uncomfortable. <laughs> so Amaker felt like he didn't have Kay's blessing, thus didn't there wasn't going to be this kerfluffle. So Kay doesn't want proven head coach. Yeah, the thing about – I, 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 if I was a Duke fan, 
and these were the two options. I, first off, if I was a Duke fan, I would want so badly to just not have to feel like I have to go under the Duke umbrella. Right. Although there's zero chance of that happening. But I, I would have much rather had Tommy Amaker. Did solid at Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. Well enough to get the Michigan job. Michigan didn't really go great. And then he's just been consistently one of the better programs in the Ivy League. It is the Ivy League, so you make of that what you will. But Duke recruits itself, so you just need somebody in there that's going to be able to do a good job, X's and O's, with great players, because they're going to be able to get great players, especially with the way the transfer portal is now. Well, my thing, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, they should never have bad years. My thing is, is... I get that other programs are doing the whole under their own umbrella type of deal. You've got your Michigans, your Indianas, what have you. Duke doesn't have to do that. Duke, how many coaches in the country would not leave their current job for Duke? A handful. Seven, eight? I mean, anyone would jump ship for Duke just because of their name. Yes, I agree. I I I just don't get hiring a guy that's unproven as opposed to uh, some legends that are out there, if we're being honest. That's what makes this whole thing so weird, Justin. It's crazy. Huh. But really, no surprise. Ooh, can we can Coach we get K... really hot takey and just say that Coach K is a racist? And that's why he didn't want Tommy Amaker? No. Oh, we can't. I'm I'm against just calling people racist. That's a good that's probably in best taste. Not to just call someone a racist for no reason. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Gener- generally so. Gener- generally so. But hey, I'm fine with it. Hope Shire fails and it's hilarious and it's really bad. But not a good look for Kay, but he won't care. I mean, and nobody will, it will get little coverage. Ooh, I, I'm going to be happy when Kay, it would be really funny if Kay was like, you know what? I want to see how John would respond to adversity. This was all a test. He, he was doing like a sensei thing for Shire and he, he failed. Well, when, I Almost, mean, I mean, should have lost that game. Oh. Blown the lead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Big time. And did you see what? Forbes said, uh, uh, "No." Yeah. After that shot, we talked about it yesterday. the The shot that nearly went in three fourths of the court. It there's point four seconds left, and when Wake Forest threw it up, it was questionable if they got it off in time. It didn't go in anyway, so it didn't matter. But Forbes was asked after the game, like, "Do you think it would have counted if it got in?" And he was like, "This place probably not." <laughs> <laughs> he has called out like the home whistle of Duke and North Carolina, and good for him. The hypocrisy of the ACC. Oh, Wake Forest does benefit from that I, ever so slightly, but they're the last ones to benefit from. Oh it. yeah, I, I, I do appreciate though that the Louisville fans are now after that North Carolina game. They're like, "Well, why did we join this conference? Like, it's just the Duke North Carolina conference. They don't care about anybody else here." Yeah. Love that. Love all the hate on the ACC. You all I mean, ha- fans just will whine about everything. Like, we know that. You know how it, it was for so long. We just had to hear about how great the ACC was. We've got Hall of Fame roundtables with all these great coaches. Blah, 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 blah. I love seeing them be so bad. Like they're <laughs> so bad at everything they do. It's just it's it's really just a big pile of poop. And and oh, you're surprised the ACC is Carolina driven. Shocker. Who couldn't have, who couldn't have seen that? And the only reason you went to the ACC anyways, though, is because it was the only conference that would have you. Big Twelve said no. That's true. People Still do wonder that. though. I wonder where just things are in the grand scheme of sports if Louisville does get invited to the Big Twelve. Down there with TCU is their football program where it's at, and then 
I get it. Louisville basketball is historically bad this season, but the fact that some of their media will just completely and totally burn any and everything Mac touches and just say it's this is it's his fault. It's a disaster. If he touched it, it's got to go. And then they're still like Satterfield's going to get this figured out. <laughs> funny how that works. It, 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 I, is it funny how it works? Do we know why that is? I mean, well, you know, gotta Satterfield's the been hand much. Feeds you. Yeah, sure. I, that's probably. I mean, that probably is it. Satterfield's much more willing to do interviews and radio spots than Mac was, and maybe maybe it is as simple as that. But if a U of L basketball coach was consistently losing as badly to Kentucky as Satterfield has, I can't imagine U of L fans would be as sympathetic, I suppose. But they and then and when they lost to Kentucky, their fans were furious. They wanted them gone. Roush, you're going to see U of L ranked high in some preseason rankings or some stupid metrics about returning players and stuff like that. Right, right. And they'll start to the the majority of the it. fan base will start to fall for it again. And again, I don't blame folks for being optimistic or getting needing something to get excited about. But we we can't go on and act like seventy percent of this fan base didn't want Satterfield gone. Yet you still have media acting like everybody like it's. Kumbaya, everybody loves Satterfield and there's nothing wrong. Just where they kind of pick and choose their battles is always interesting to me. All right, uh, brought in some donuts from Thornton's this morning. Woo-hoo. Mm, They're delicious. They're you can't huge. lose when you start your day at Thornton's. Literally, just before we were coming on the air, I was swallowing one down, and it was so good I almost couldn't help myself from wanting to take it. a second. I'm very much like disappointed that it's 732 and we haven't taken another break. Well, we're going to here. <laughs> you can get yourself some donuts. Be a pal. Bring some into the office. Everybody likes the person that brings in donuts. You can't go wrong. Worst case, they don't get eaten, and you get to take them home and eat them all to yourself, which is always great. Best case... They get eaten, people like them, you feel good because you got to pop in a Thornton's, maybe you got yourself a coffee as well. Check out a Thornton's today and send a text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. This is Kentucky Roll Call. We need to talk football. We'll do that when we return here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Only two things scare me, and one is... Kentucky Roll Call. What's the other? Excuse me? What's the other thing that scares you? Carnies. What? Circus folk. Nomads, you know. Smell like cabbage. Small hands. Welcome back. We were well fed that commercial break, except for Scoots didn't have yep. any donuts. Scoots is too good for donuts. I just, I just haven't been awake long enough. 
I just don't understand just his. Makes me kind of irrationally upset more uh, than anything. Well, why? Don't you just kind of want to go beat him up? That's just how I am. You've been awake for over an hour. Yeah, I, I normally don't eat until I've been awake for about three hours. I mean, that's actually probably good for your metabolism. No, it's terrible for your tab- metabolism, isn't it? I, Not having breakfast is terrible for your metabolism. No, I, I eat breakfast. I just don't do it right away. I would say if you wait three hours to eat breakfast, you're not really eating breakfast. No, I still eat my three meals. I get breakfast, I'll eat lunch, and I'll eat dinner. I'll just eat breakfast later. I, I don't care. Stay up late. Have, have, a don- have a donut, buddy. You're being, oh, I'm, you're being rude. I'm going to have a donut. Trust me. Just can't do it right now. I got my Yoohoo ready for it. I brought a Yoohoo today without even you know or knowing that you were bringing donuts. A Yahoo. Yoohoo. Yahoo. It clearly, W O O H O O. W O H O. Yoohoo. Yeah. <laughs> Roush during the break. This is fake chocolate milk. It is. This is Kentucky Roll Call, by the way. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. Replay of the show 9 to 11. You get your podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. And the podcast brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. It's delicious. It's good for you. It'll calm you down. It'll relax you, make you feel better. And you can use promo code BIGX and save mm-hmm. 30% at checkout. Great for March Madness if you get a little anxious like I do. All right, Roush, you said during the break there was something we should have talked about. Yeah. Um, rough offseason for your quarterback, TJ. Rough, rough offseason. Aaron Rodgers, single. Ready to mingle, looking for love in all the wrong places. Him and Shailene Woodley have called it quits. They Poor were like guy. married, were they not? They're engaged. engaged. Oh my gosh. They are, and they called it off just like that. Wonder if it's because he's moving out of Wisconsin. <sighs> they're just going to be like, too, be too far Bay. away. Yeah. I heard Shailene was like, I'm not marrying somebody who's not a Pittsburgh Steeler. And Rogers <laughs> said, Okay, well. I guess we need to break this bad boy yeah. off or, then. Or on the flip side, maybe he is staying in Green Bay, and she's like, I just can't handle the cold anymore. I do love that on TMZ, they're like, he's just too focused on his football career. It's like, uh. <laughs> team, uh team, TMZ said that? Yeah. <laughs> How often do you have TMZ on? <laughs> <laughs> they're the breaking news. No, like that's the, that was in the report. Oh, at the, that's, the that's, little like five-paragraph re- story. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I think that Rodgers has a pretty great life. And Word is Rodgers was, is... quote-unquote, getting cold feet and prioritized his football career with the report that Woodley felt neglected during the relationship. Oh, so during football season, he wasn't waiting on her hand and foot. Uh, Aaron Rodgers neclecting people close to him. <laughs> oh, there was a lot of... Oh, Aaron Rodgers misses out on another chance at a ring. Like there was <laughs> yeah, so, a lot of those jokes yesterday. I, I did I did not appreciate him either. Uh not one bit. I just want Aaron to be happy. So if Shailene wasn't who he was meant to be with, then kick rock, Shailene. Get the hell yeah, out of here. Yeah, get her out of here. Come on. Aaron can do better anyways. Uh, speaking of Milwaukee, there was really there was one other thing Woodley. that happened uh, during the break. I saw Sam Vecini has a new mock draft, and I was just scrolling through it to see some names on there. Do you remember Patrick Baldwin? Y- yes. Yeah. McDonald's All-American. Yeah, went to go play for his dad. Yeah. Went to see, oh, so how's Patrick Baldwin doing this year? Uh, well, Milwaukee is 9-18, and 7-11 and 11 in the Horizon League. They're basically the worst team in the Horizon League. Nope. Averaging 12 points, 
five rebounds a game. That's really not bad numbers for a freshman. Yeah, but it's pretty bad when you're playing for a bad. I mean, he's shooting 26% from three. Just yikes. But Vicini was like, you know, you would expect uh, you would expect a guy that's playing at a lower level to have better production, and it could be the worst uh, production, uh, you know, kind of disparity of a lottery pick in a decade. Um, but basically, Vicini's like, I really just think he's not a shot creator, and he's on a team where he has to be a shot creator. He should go. He should have not gone to Milwaukee. Yeah, probably was a bad call to go to Milwaukee. Yeah. And this goes back to your point, though. Um, because his his scouts that he talks to are either like they still like him or they won't touch him. It goes back to the original thought you had about Gonzaga guys wanting to just hide. Like, was Baldwin just trying to hide by putting up points in the Horizon League? Well, it didn't work, buddy. Well, the thing is, though, with Gonzaga, they just surround with so many good players that they're they're all gonna have good numbers. Yep. It's a little more established than old the Milwaukee Panthers. It's admirable. He wanted to play for his dad and help him out, but um, yeah, he couldn't put the team on his back. Well, I said we wanted to talk football. We got into it a little bit with the Aaron Rodgers big time Shailene Woodley news. Huge news. Shailene Woodley got an award for MTV Movie Best Kiss. Oh, good for. Oh, I guess you're gonna have to look it up now. Maybe that's why they broke up. He was too jealous. Yeah. It would be it. cool to date somebody that that won best kiss. Wouldn't you be like, all right. I'm dating the best kisser. Yeah, let me put it on me. Wouldn't that make you uncomfortable, though, as a husband? The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, that's she's like dying of cancer. In that Anzel Elgort and Shailene Woodley took home golden popcorn for best kiss. Man, when MTV mattered. Now it's just the theme of trivia contest. <laughs> and I've, I still have no idea what I'm going to do. I may just, I don't know what I'm going to do. Just wear like a loud 80s, 90s shirt. You know? What does that even mean? Like, I don't know, like flower highlighter shirt. green. Just something loud. As many flowers as possible. It's whatever. Flowers? Yeah. yeah. Why, why I, I just feel like a flower Hawaiian shirt. I don't know. Oh. That, just, that just seems 80s to me. Gotcha. <laughs> but, but our theme is the 90s. Oh. <laughs> it could be 90s too. I don't know what I'm going to do for that. All right, Roush, they made the offensive football hire official. Yeah. Oh, Yinzer. It's officially official. He's Yinzer's in. He's in. Uh, he actually was on the, the JMI show last night. Talked for a little bit. I'll big, be. Big blue insider tonight. What are you, Justin, get out of here. What are you doing? We're trying to do radio. Oh, my goodness. You can't I'll, just come in in the middle while we're doing We're this. trying to talk about Yinzer's over here. Not Pittsburgh Yenzers. Which and Thornton's just, donut did you grab? Uh, is it got sprinkles on it? And he, he like he hopped away. Got the chocolate with the sprinkles. Yeah. Okay. Mm. It's a good call. Good call. It, it looked like it was the best. Wanted you the, really uh, just wanted, wanted to bully you for something you else. Threw, <laughs> you, did, you threw you the did. show off. You messed us up. Suck it, buddy. You did good. Um, you did it's KRC. Good. What the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> but all of Yenzer's quotes, I, I don't have them pulled up in front of me. It was, uh, I understand the importance of this job. Happy to come home. Give back to the mistake. Like it, it, all of the bad feelings we got from Wolford's departure, he's done the opposite in his first speaking engagements. We we haven't talked. He hasn't talked to the media yet. Who knows when that'll happen? I mean, Mike Stoops was hired like two months ago now. It seems like, and we still haven't talked to him. I'm a, I'm guessing they're just going to wait till spring practice starts. Yeah. Um, 
But Yenzer is officially official. We still haven't heard any more from what's happening out in L.A., but we did get some bad news uh, during the parade yesterday. Uh, which, that parade, what a sad sight. Shocking. Rams don't have a lot of fans. It was pathetic. Yeah. It was three-quarters of a mile long. They which, just basically like, just went to the L.A. Coliseum. The Bengals had their just like, hey, we had a good season. Let's all just say thanks to this team thing yesterday. Just imagine that in Cincy, 60 degrees. Oh, gosh. Winning their first Super Bowl. Lucky would be drunk for four days straight. Oh, my God. It would have been such an amazing party. And then you look over in L.A., and it's like there there were college students that were hanging 49ers flags out their windows, shaking them at the parade, which is <laughs> just like, you know, if you're a Rams fan, you don't care. You won the Super Bowl, what, you, and you beat the 49ers on the way getting there. But you, it's also But as there's dozens and dozens of people lining the streets, and then you look up out of the windows, and people are doing 49ers I, flags. I love that they had barricades put up. It's like, you all didn't need these. People would just... It should have just been like a open meet and greet more than anything. <laughs> Cooper come, Cup's come jersey was your favorite player. His jersey was cool though. I don't know if I saw it. He had Cooper the, Cup is cool. He had the eight twenty four Kobe. It was like eight on the front and then twenty four on the back. Oh nice. I do love though that in order to make sure LA fans all of you, you have to wear LA Cup's jersey. Yeah. yeah. Well, that just ensures it. I don't know that you necessarily have to do that, but that pretty well ensures yeah. that they will. I d- the best shirt though was that uh, the GM. Or GM or owner, Les Snead, or one of the Sneeds, I, I, don't, I don't know what his job was, but said, you can have your damn picks. And because uh, they don't have a first round pick, they haven't since sec- 16 or 17, and they're not going to have one until at least 2024. Oh, that was pretty funny. Um, but what I didn't think was funny is that Thomas Brown, one of the candidates that could have been promoted from within to be the OC, is reportedly interviewing with Kevin O'Connell to be the OC for the Minnesota Vikings. So, no. Yeah. It's one less guy. When Ian Rappaport is on NFL Network breaking down what's going to be next for the offensive coordinator position, he starts with Liam Cohen. Schefter, same thing. Starts with Liam Cohen. It's not looking great, Bob. Even Jeremy Fowler comes out. Oh, he had something on Cohen, too. University of Kentucky preparing for very real possibility it loses Liam Cohen to the Rams. I mean, that's just, yeah, they're, they're reporting it without reporting it. Cohen has turned down college jobs and a pro job to stay at Kentucky, but chance to return to the Rams to work with McVay will be enticing. Still has to be offered the job, but is firmly in the mix. Oh, so that was, it sounds like it's from McVay's side. If he's saying oh, that he turned s- down a pro job. I, I was going to say it sounds like it's probably coming from Cohen's agent. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cohen's yeah. side, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying yeah. the turn down the pro job too part. Yeah. yeah. Important. And also, if you're his agent, probably putting that out there to like, maybe probably because you want the job. Yeah. It's like, hey, he's interested in this one. This yeah. one he is interested in. He said no to other ones. He loves being at Kentucky, but this one, this one he's interested. And he should be. Every he's, McVay's basically a kingmaker at this rate. Yep. Yep. Um, but, you know, and if he does end up going, I know that um, – the first thing I do and once the show ends is I'm preparing the inevitable bad news draft just in case it happens. Uh, but if he does go, this would be this would be he'd be Kentucky's Joe Brady. I know the comps are like, why would you say it? But like, it's pretty spot on. The only difference is LSU had a lot more dudes. They went and won a national cha- championship in Joe Brady's one season. Cohen helped bring some dudes in. They went and won ten games. At Kentucky, which is basically no a national feet. championship season. Yeah. Uh, I think fourth time since the war. Is that right? <laughs> You're really bringing up the war a lot today. It's a good delineation from history perspective. 
But yeah, four times it's the bear. I um, came to town. Yeah, nobody's going to really fault Cohen. And if you're looking for, oh, I don't know. This is pretty far-fetched, even as I'm saying this out loud. But if you do lose Cohen, it'll stink. There's really no good spin zone on that. But if he goes to the Rams for a couple of years, Roush, and UK's head coaching job opens up, maybe UK fans can have a little bit more peace of mind that he's more experienced, ready to take over a head coaching job. Now, jumping back and forth, college, yeah. NFL, college, NFL, not the most ideal situation really for any parties involved. But I've heard a lot of my friends just personally say, well, if Stoops were to leave, why, why not just promote Cohen to head coach? And it's something that I'm not crazy about personally, and I would actually, if I had any say in the matter, if this hypothetical were to happen tomorrow, I'd probably say Cohen's not my first, second, or maybe third choice for the head coaching job at Kentucky. But if he went in and he was an offensive coordinator for an NFL team, Roush did well there for a year, two years, couple years, however long in this hypothetical, I'd feel a little bit better. More time with McVay, more time to learn what works, what doesn't work. Yeah, but I think I, the NFL co- jobs are going to say that too for like head coaching positions there. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm not saying that Cohen would, would say yes to Kentucky if mm-hmm. that were to happen, but I do think those that, like me, that if you looked at Cohen as a head coaching candidate possibly for Kentucky in the near future, the biggest concern is lack of experience. This would help those concerns. Uh-huh. My thing is, though, is in a year at Kentucky, I guess a little over a year now, has he even built up that loyalty to want to come back and be the head coach if Stoops were to leave? Well, you, uh, well, it's a good job. People, uh, it's I, get, I get head coaching job that, that pays you know top ten, top fifteen money. So, if I don't know if he feels this like blood bond to be in Lexington or anything like that, I do think he really likes Lexington, and then I think he really likes and appreciates UK fans kind of fawning over him. I think yeah. he has enjoyed this uh but you don't get that at a lot of places you do not yeah. absolutely not and that was what uh fear breed one of the recruits he was like yeah it's weird the people in lexington know all of the assistant coaches and are like coming up and saying hey to him that's a little stuff that that matters to some folks um but yeah i uh i think that what i would say justin to that you're right he might not have built up the loyalty but if that if we do get to this point like three years from now like and this is just a, a lot of what if scenarios i would say well you know his, his son was born here he had his family started in election you know you could play that yeah. that, that all the up. emotions right 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 um but in the immediate future if cohen decides that he's he's gonna go if if, if mcveigh has him if he's ready to move fast and get the ball rolling on next year then where do you turn to yeah where do you turn to nick roush just want to put something. There, there's a lot of options that are much more realistic, but let's let's play with our food a little bit, shall we? Oh, Eddie Grand. He's back. Can you? He's better than ever. He got to learn under Cohen for a year. He's gonna run Cohen's offense. Now. <laughs> All right. H- how about you take this out and you chew on this for a little while? Just Kentucky offensive coordinator Dan Mullen. Yeah, just, I'm all for it. Just chew on it a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I would love it. I'm in. Say less. Dan Mullen's <laughs> a jerk. He's got a stupid face. Um, Going to make a lot of people mad. Yeah, absolutely. But, Seems like he's pretty well hated in the coaching <laughs> ranks. But dude wins. Well, wins enough for 
I mean, he he has coached good offensive players and good offenses. I'll say that. Yes. I don't know that he would fit in in Kentucky's coaching ranks if he's a jerk, right? Well, aren't all Kentucky's coaches nice guys? I mean, come on. You, yeah, everybody's a nice guy until they're not. I think UK's coaching room is real boys' club. I think like everybody, oh yeah, respects yeah. and gets along with each other as long as you respect and you get along with them. But, but it's a constant I, pissing match I, over there. Sure, there, it is there. There, there's a definite like. There's a there's really competitive. Yes, they're in they're terms trying of coverage, to become the who gets praise, yeah, yeah, who gets yeah. praised, and and that's kind of their livelihood there. Yeah. So, but he had some great offenses at Mississippi oh, State, and with then, Will Levis at quarterback. Do you like? Okay, we'll, we'll I'm, I'm in. Get 50 I'm in. I'm in. I'm I mean, in. <laughs> so, it, are you actually hearing this as a possibility, well, or are you just dream weaving? Well, some of it's dream weaving, but also like think about other paths of similar coaches in his position. Derek Mason gets fired at Vanderbilt, That's goes true. in his defensive coordinator for Auburn for a year. Same thing with Muschamp. Uh, Muschamp, he t- goes from Florida to Auburn. He's there for a year, gets a head coaching gig at South Carolina a year later. I could see. The familiarity and uh, with one another between Stoops and Mullen, like they, they were in similar spots for a long time. With Mullen being at Mississippi State, they were both longtime coordinators. Uh, you know, Mullen was at Florida forever, kind of overshadowed uh, by, by by Urban Meyer. Same thing with Stoops getting overshadowed by Jimbo down at Florida State. Like I think they do have kindred, their kindred spirits to a degree, and so I think they'd get along well enough and. Mullen, you know, you're you're probably only have him a year or two. And if you're Stoops, you should think, you know, I've got some tools right now. I better use them, damn it. So why not bring this guy and take a little chance? I love it. I'm all for it. Again, there are some risks potentially involved. I think you would a lot of UK fans are gonna say they don't want the retread old head coming in that's not as motivated or as enthusiastic. But one, I don't think Dan Mullen wants his career to end, which was mostly successful at Florida. He really only had one bad season. <laughs> he really did. I, and they it, that, let him that, go. He didn't, they didn't even let him finish that, that bad that season. That shoe-throwing game after that. Oh, man. I mean, like that, 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 it wasn't the same thing as the dog pee with the, in the Egg Bowl, but it is a sliding doors moment because after that, it kind of – Skid off the tracks down there at Florida. But, I mean, he was in the, he was the coach in the SEC championship game, had a uh, closer game against Alabama as anybody two years ago. And then things got haywire. There's one thing that you just – you know with him, like uh, it's kind of like what we talked about with Mike Stoops where it's like he's not going to be your defensive coordinator so you feel comfortable with it. Well, Dan Mullen's not going to be your head coach. He's going to be your play caller, and he's going to run a scheme. I think the only thing with it, it would be – it's 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 it would be completely different than whatever they did last year. Like as far as it's not this, I don't think it'd have to be completely different. But, but like yeah. Mullen, his you know, not only are you doing terminology different stuff, but like his quarterback run and how he implements it, like it's just different. It's more of the college football we've been used to seeing for the last fifteen years, and less of the like we're going to be the pro football rant, you know, like it, so. But I would still take it in a heartbeat. I mean, not in a heartbeat. Maybe like four or five. I take it in a heartbeat. But the more you're I'm talking about a guy it. that since Stoops has, you're getting us all excited for nothing here. But since <laughs> Stoops has been in the SEC as a head coach, this guy has won Head Coach of the Year in the SEC. Yeah. 
He was an offensive coordinator at Florida during their best run in program history. He was the orchestrator of Mississippi State. He got Mississippi State to number one in the country. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and... Uh, so he's done it as an offensive coordinator before. He's done it as a head coach before. If you could get that, if you lose Cohen, which nobody wants to happen, and you replace Cohen with Dan Mullen, that, that is colossal. That'd be absolutely huge. Man, and how much would Florida hate Kentucky? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, my God. And, and I, Because you know have, Mullen's going to, like, he's going to want to run up the score on him. That's what I was going to say, is that, like, <laughs> I would have my fair share of concerns about, like, all right, this dude is 49 years old. How is he really going to feel after being a head coach at two SEC programs, including maybe the second or third or fourth best program in the SEC? 15 years, too. Like, a how, long time. How is he going to feel about coming back and being an offensive coordinator at old Kentucky? Like, is he really going to be motivated? But I agree with you. I totally think he'd just want to rub it in Florida's face. And he'd want to be a head coach again. So you're right. It wouldn't be somebody that you'd get and say, well, we got you got Eddie Grand. You're going to have him for 10 years, and this is UK's offensive coordinator for the future. He's going to finish out his career here. No, you probably have him for a year maybe, two years possibly, and he'd go be a head coach somewhere else eventually. That's fine. As long as you're being successful, it's okay replacing coaches. It's something you can do. It's when you're being bad and you're replacing coaches that things start to get a little dicey and worrisome. So if you can bring in Mullen, if you lose Cohen, I'm all for it, Roush. That's a good way to end our number one. Really is. Just some fun food for thought. And we've got some literal food for our thoughts because we've got Thornton's Donuts in the house. Oh, yeah. We'll come back. Hour two, Kentucky Roll Call. Coming up next here on Big X Sports Radio, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Scooter Dingus. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Thursday rainy, wet morning. I'm assuming you all are... Mostly in the office or maybe on your way in or heading in momentarily. Regardless, just be careful. Not a not a good day for a lot of appraisals. Are you going to be out in the elements? I'll be out in the elements. Oh, wow, how brave. How many you got today? Just a few. They're all local. Got the rain boots ready. No rain boots. You need some rain boots. I, you do. Rain boots, I've raincoat. Got, I, you know, some I would galoshes. Like, this is a raincoat. I would like... Some rain boots. I've got boots, boots, but I'd like rain boots. The boot boots are they're steel toe. They're they're it's a to do, putting them on. Yeah, you do need. I think you should get like the old school. These are shoe covers, basically galoshes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not a bad idea either. Because then you just pop them off at the door. Don't got to worry about them. Mm. Some nice old rubber galoshes. So it's gonna rain all day. All day. Oh, all day. Did you know that the rain in Spain falls mainly in the plains? <laughs> I didn't know that. No, yeah, it's true. 100% true, 100% factual. Uh, You know what else is also true is that Salsaritas has the best fresh Mexican food you can find anywhere in these 50 United States of America. 
I agree with that. It's fresh. I had it yesterday. The guaranteed. Powerade machine still on point. But favorite. You know what's great too is that uh, even though the wife doesn't listen to the show regularly, I have incepted her into convincing her that we've got to get salsaritas for Duke's birthday party coming up in like two months. Well, yeah, it's two months away, and she's like, maybe we should do salsaritas for his party. Obviously, like, you got to yeah. do salsaritas. Uh, duh. Especially just the chips. I mean, like. Everybody's going to be a winner if you're eating those tasty chips from Salsaritas. They're wildly addictive. They've got the nice seasoning on them, and they come with the freshest salsas. Whether you're a little like Justin and can only do the mild, or you will have a good, tasty, not burn-your-mouth-on-fire hot salsa. Okay, so they've got it all at Salsaritas. Two locations, one in Middletown, one in St. Matthews. Check them out today and get the app so when you order your catering, you get free Salsaritas bucks. All the bad food takes we have on this show, and that's the one that constantly gets roasted. What other? What's another bad food take? All name, of name, yours. Name, name <laughs> all of yours. Name one. Name all one. Of you. Name one. Buffalo chicken dip. <laughs> like a what? It's disgusting. <laughs> Ignorant. It's disgusting. <laughs> I don't have the the fact that I get slandered for food takes on. The You've show, never had a fast food burger. So what? They're amazing. I, I I've had a burger before. I can imagine what a fast food burger is. It's, it's wet, mush. Yes, greasy. Sure, I've had feels disgusting before. as it's going I'm in your sure, belly. I'm sure it's great. I've had more meat, but between you two combined. <laughs> okay, I've got a very advanced palate. Oh yeah. Just not a big sauce guy, as we often talk about. I'm a big Thornton's text line guy. I am, too. Let's go to it for a little bit. 502-414-1450 is how you get in the show. You text in Thornton's text line. We read it. The first one up says, It really is a joke how guys like Oscar are treated by officials compared to Grant Williams and Fulke. Williams used to hook and hold loophole to win SEC Player of the Year. And that is, a, I, to this texter's point, it is a shame. Like If you are a big, strong guy, you're not getting any benefit of the doubt. In fact, it's the opposite. Like if you flop and fly all over the place. But I would say one exception to that, Severe Wheeler is all over the damn like I know he's a smaller guy, but refs do not give him any of the benefit of the doubt if he gets hit and goes like flying across the court. He absolutely not. He and he is is he the toughest guy in the world? That's a big difference. You know, we often compare Severe Wheeler to Tyler Eulis both because they're short and great passers, but uh Ulyss was not on the floor nearly as much as Wheeler is. And I think Wheeler's tough. He always finds a way to get back up, but he never gets those calls. You're spot on about that. I don't I don't know what it is about him, but he just he doesn't get them. All right, let's see here. We're we're not obviously we've got a lot of season left to go. Oscar has shot 116 free throws at Kentucky. His entire season at West Virginia in 2020, he shot 144. So he is still uh, 28 free throws off his freshman pace. Well, I shouldn't say pace, but total. And then Grant Williams at Tennessee, he shot his most free throws his final year, 260 attempted. Oh, of course. 260 in a season, and that year they played 37 games. How many games? In 26 games. Oscar has shot 110 less. 116. There so let's do these averages real quick. You can talk about something else here in a moment, and okay. I'll, I'll I'll do this for I you. I'll read this text from Kirby. Hey, Kirby. 
Am I taking crazy pills or is our conundrum fairly obvious? I know national media ignores, but if we have Ty Ty, we are elite on offense and top three in the country. If we don't have him or he can't play, we aren't as good and we're susceptible to lose. I mean, that does make a lot of sense. All right, so Oscar, a little like four and a half free throws per game. Grant Williams was over seven. There's no reason Grant Williams should. There is an art to drawing those fouls to some degree. But and Grant Williams is really good. I mean, he just he was. I he was annoying, but he was good. Much more crafty around the rim. Nine, yeah. 19, rounding up nineteen and eight points per game, which is great uh-huh. for. But sixteen and fifteen for Oscar. Wouldn't one seem to think somebody averaging sixteen and fifteen is dealing with more contact than somebody averaging nineteen and eight? You would think. You would think. You would think uh, seven more rebounds per game is significant. So it is wild how little Oscar gets to the line. And I, I I don't know this for sure, but I'd almost guarantee he's shot more free throws than anybody else on UK's team. So if we've got issues with Oscar getting to the line, yeah. probably means we got issues with everybody it, getting to and, the line. And we do. This is a team that doesn't shoot a lot of free throws. I just don't. Um, I, I did want to get to Kirby's point, though, where I think it is there is some simplicity in it. It's like, hey, when your best creator and scorer isn't on the court, it's – Hard to be really, really good. Yeah, I've got a take on that as well. But we'll get to that here in a moment, Roush, because we've got we've got something else we need to do. Yeah, our good friend EJ Clark is joining us because this weekend, Derby prep season takes a step up. We're, the Risen Star is a graded two stakes down at Oakon Park. Some of these old Derby prep races, they were just worth 10. This one's worth 50 smackaroos. Basically, the winner can almost punch their ticket to the Kentucky Derby. And EJ, Papa Cap, a horse that came in second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, it's going to be the favorite, but I think it's going to be a big loser. Am I wrong? Am I right? Is Papa Cap going to run away with this race? <laughs> well, you know, there is speed uh, that uh, doesn't include Papa Cap. He'll he'll be having, I think, a tactical trip in here from, from the uh, – inside number one post position from the rail but uh, you make an interesting point uh, you know the the fairgrounds is uh, has this long stretch so we'll we'll see how uh, uh, he enjoys that it, of course he's already had a trip o- over the fairground strip but let me say one other thing he's trained by a hall of famer mark cassie who's a hall of famer not only in the u.s but in canada and this horse after he broke his maiden and that was way back at gulfstream park in uh may so back in the spring of last year all his other races have been in graded stakes company and he was beaten twice by corniche in the breeders cup juvenile and before that in the american pharaoh those are grade one races and tell you what he was one of the horses that uh, were really uh heavily bet he was the favorite of course last time in the lecomp epicenter so these two horses are back in here in uh, in the Risen Star going a mile and an eighth. Uh, uh, but uh, he gets a new rider today. So he is four to one in the morning line. And, uh, of course, the horse shipping in from Florida, Smile Happy, the horse who was uh, the favorite at eight to one in, in the last Kentucky Derby future wager, at Smile Happy, um, as the favorite. He's going to be the favorite in here, actually. At uh, seven to two odds, but Papa Cap and Epicenter is uh, two other horses that you know 
get another chance to battle each other. And, and it was the, the long shot, Call Me Midnight, who was seventh, by the way. We'll come back to this in a minute, how key the Kentucky Jockey Club is, guys. So uh, uh, he um, was, was the long shot winner, Call Me Midnight. I think they're holding him back for the Louisiana Derby. But when you look at this field, first of all, I want to say, I'm glad that we only have one prep. This is a very deep race, guys. Yeah, yeah. Nick and TJ, this 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 race, I'm glad we only have one prep so we can really spend some time <laughs> because you, you can make a case for almost every horse in the race. Now, you hear that a lot of times, but this, for me, is actually true. You, we can talk about a lot of them in here. So uh, I'm one of those two when I'm – there's a, a science I have that's not much of a science, and that's – this trainer puts his best jockey on his best horse. If Steve Asmussen has a good horse, has four horses in the race, I'm betting the Ricardo Santana one. I, I, I do yeah. the same thing with Brad Cox, where he's got two horses in this race. I like both of them, mm-hmm. um, in Bodoc and in, in Tawny Port. But Flojo is on the ladder. He's on Tawny Port. I might end up betting that one. Is is there anything to this science? Do you believe that the jockey matters when, when handicapping races like this? Oh, I definitely believe the jockey matters, but it it really depends on the trip and, you know, how this horse has been training as well. Yeah, the jockey, I mean, you know, if you put uh, Irad Ortiz or his brother Jose Ortiz on a horse, you got a really good chance of winning. These guys are so hot and, and two of the best in the country. Tyler Gaffleon, for example, gets on for the first time. Joe Bravo has been riding Papa Cap and uh Tyler Gaffleon is just a is just a great rider too, and um, so you know he comes over there to ride. Uh, he's he's based at Gulfstream Park. You you mentioned the two horses that are trained by Brad Cox, the back to back Eclipse Award winner, outstanding trainer of the year. So congratulations and a shout out to this Louisville trainer who's a Louisville native. And uh, these two horses, one comes off the poly and has uh, uh, Florent Giroux, and that's it. He's he's been off, I said Polly, it's Tapita actually, up at Turfway Park, but, you know, he's done nothing wrong. He's won back-to-back races, and uh, both have been on the synthetic. The one was, uh, uh, you know, both of them have been at a mile, so uh, he's come along the right Mm -hmm. way. He's by Pioneer of the Nile, and, uh, you know, Yep. So he, he he's got you know he's got the distance in there. So we'll see how he you know he takes to the dirt and the surface and everything. The other horse, Bodoc. Now this horse actually started out at Indiana Downs, so he was going short. He has sprinted his last two races. It was only two races, and the last one was was in the slop. Uh, he won an optional claiming for fifty thousand at the fairground. So he's got a race over the track. So these are two interesting horses, but Brad Cox did tell the folks at the fairgrounds that he has these two horses really have to have to step up for sure. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're now in graded stakes company and they really have to step up. You've got slow Andy on the outside, slow down Andy, and he's the son of a Derby winner, Nyquist, and Doug O'Neill won the Louisiana Derby with Hot Rod Charlie shipping in from California. This horse on the outside at nine to two guys was uh, a horse that his first two races were, he's a cow bred and he was running in uh, state bred races. And then he went to open company and won the Los Al 
futurity at grade two. So that was at a mile in the 16th. He's stretching out to a mile and an eighth in the Risen Star. But uh, he makes his debut as a three-year-old, as does Smile Happy. Zandon, another horse you got to watch. He's only had two starts. Beaten a nose by Mo Donegal, who come back, came back and was a late runner in uh, the Holy Bull to finish third as the favorite. So um, for uh, Chad Brown, he's 9-2. to two. This, Top to bottom, we haven't really talked about Todd Pletcher's horse. So uh, it what do you see? You it's know, a, it's I mean, a it's a good field. I, I like the horses that uh, don't necessarily have a, a ton of experience that that come onto the scene right when things start popping off because you know the trainers like him. Um, but TJ's got something for you. Well, I, I just it's a topic a lot of people have been talking about internationally. But do you think this is the weekend Russian tank strikes? <laughs> I thought that might come up, uh, TJ. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> Rush, let, let me say that Russian Tank is uh, his sire is uh, a very talented uh, horse by the name of Tourist, and there's a lot of Russian tanks who are touring uh, close <laughs> to the Ukraine border right now, guys. Oh, Russian gosh. tanks. Let me say he's the longest price in here at fifty to one, and. He has made eight lifetime starts, so he's he's been out more than anybody in the field. He even has a race over at Churchill Downs. He had uh, he's had three races at the fairgrounds, and he actually broke his maiden uh, at the start of the meet back in late November on the twenty seventh. Then they put him in optional claiming allowance company, and he was fifth and sixth last time respectively he is not nominated yeah. to the triple crown yeah, but who uh, knows huh. russian tank okay <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm i'm if i don't I roll with throw him out for yeah, a lot of reasons okay yeah, I probably probably wise to throw out the russians um but i i think the chad brown horse checks a lot of boxes for me zandon who, who do you got in this race tj or tj tj and ej i'm getting my jays mixed up tj and ej who, who, are, are you gonna roll with the, the run happy son at the favorite or who, who do you like here EJ, in this deep well field? you know this is this is a really wide open race. We thought the Sam F. Davis last week was a really, really good field, and it was for Classic Causeway. And uh, Volcanic, trained by Mark Cassie, ran well, too, and so did uh, the horse that, that finished second because uh, both of those two were running at the end, Chip Sational. But I tell you what, and the Holy Bull was deep. This is the deepest, I think this is the deepest field we have seen so far. Good time to hit a long shot. And but, a good price. But here's the thing. Smile Happy is the 7-2 to two favorite. It, both of his races have been at a mile and a 16th, okay? He's got some of the best buyer figures in the race. Zandon and uh, Smile Happy, both the last buyer. Zandon coming out of the Remsen, beaten by a nose and battling down the stretch with Mo Donago. He's, he's, I, I think he'll be sharp. He, he had a bullet work coming out of that. These two horses, I think, are, for me, uh, are, are pretty interesting because they're both making their debuts. And, of course, for Smile Happy, he won, he won the Kentucky Jockey Club. And look at who has come out. Classic Causeway was second in the Jockey Club. He won last week. Wyatt Abario was third. He won the Holy Bull. 
Call Me Midnight was seventh in the Kentucky Jockey Club. He came back to win the Lecomte. Uh, this is the Kentucky Jockey Club is really the most key race so far for me. And so I have to go back to Smile Happy. I'm going to put him on top. He's mm. a square price at seven to two. It's wide open. Uh, Zandon's nine to two. You, you know, you, uh, is uh, slow down Andy? Is he cranked up? Is he ready to go? This is a tough field. You know, uh, epicenter, you know, Steve Asmussen, don't throw him out. Joel Rosario on board. You know, he's beaten by a, just a head. And and uh, those two horses, epicenter, Papa Cat, uh, Papa Cat made the lead. Epicenter uh, passed him late in the stretch and passing both of them and getting up for the win. Call me midnight. Jeez. How about Pioneer of Medina? I mean, we're talking about all of them, but this horse is, is one of the speed horses in there, and I like the way he comes out. He had a bullet work at Palm Beach Downs over there in Florida. He ships in as, from Florida as does Smile Happy, and this horse comes along. He's a pioneer of the Nile, and he comes along the same way that Todd Pletcher likes to bring his horses. He won a maiden, uh, and... Uh, wire-to-wire and an optional claiming coming back non-winners of one at the fairgrounds. He is 10-to-1 in the morning line. Who am I going to – I'm still probably going to put Smile Happy on top. I, I really am. But it is it is going to be – it is going to be – Should should be a great one. Should be a great one down at fairgrounds this weekend. EJ, we appreciate you coming on and talking about some of the ponies. Let's win some so money much. this weekend. Yeah, and uh, maybe I can uh, win a few bucks, you know, on the on the Derby yeah. League as well. Yeah, we're a bunch I, of losers I, right now. I need some, Nick. Yeah, we, TJ, we need... uh, let, let's watch it. Post time is six fifty eight Eastern time, and uh, it's a good one. Well, good luck uh, to series. good luck to both you fellas. I look forward to hearing next week how you all did, and hopefully win <laughs> some money for all the KRC listeners. Be well, EJ. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> all right. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, Nick. All right, EJ Clark. We're going to hit our last rake. We'll come back. We've got the Thornton's text line. I've got something interesting John Calipari said last night. We've got plenty of other things to get to. So we'll come back. We'll get to them. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. To Kentucky Roll Call. For reasons they can't even fathom. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. We appreciate EJ Clark coming on and getting us ready for the road to the Kentucky Derby, which will be here before you know it. Obviously, Kentucky fans, we've got a very exciting march to look forward to. 
But then after that, Roush, it really is derby season around these parts. So it's going to be so much fun. It will be. It will be. It's tough to imagine on a rainy day, rainy, wet, mm. wintry day, but it'll be here before you know it. Text on into the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. Uh, last we finished on that was a Kirby text. Not as good without Tata. Yeah, that that's that's totally true. And I think that it's not just like a, well, it is a black and white statement. Kentucky's better with a healthy tie-tie. But I think you can even stretch it out a little bit further where it's like, all right, if tie-tie is playing like lottery pick tie-tie, surely Kentucky may be the best team in the country. If he's playing good tie-tie, Kentucky's as tough to beat as anybody in the country. If he is average tie-tie, Kentucky's really good but they can't be beaten. If he's bad tie tie, Kentucky's good, but you don't really know who's going to be a, who's going to be the creator. And you put a lot more pressure on Wheeler in that instance. So it even goes a little further than just that, but I do agree with you Kirby. Swaggy Liam Cohen, who always enjoy I enjoy his tweets. Hope you don't have to change your Yeah, that'd be unfortunate. Your Twitter account here soon. He says, Sat isn't going to have a special teams coach. Diener asks if fans should worry. Sat says, well, Georgia didn't have one, and it worked out for them. Deputy Doofus says, you wear a visor better than Kirby, by the way. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Deputy Doofus's stamina is actually impressive. impressive. Remarkable, yeah. The fact that he just doesn't get tired whining about something with UK. It, it 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 is it's just always something and it's impressive. I just don't have the energy to be trolling on Twitter that much. Don't yeah. don't have the I don't have the time, but I even if I did have the time, I don't have the energy to do it. Not that constantly. A little one here and there, sure. <laughs> but like you see, he went on a long rant about UK's checkerboard and Secretariat and how Secretariat only ran one race in Kentucky. Oh, it was hilarious. It was like a deep dive. Yeah. It was a deep dive into UK's checkerboard. Why do you care? But you you're care? from Kentucky and you're trying to like remove Secretariat. No, actually, I, you know why he is? It's because he's a Hoosier. He's a Hoosier. He's trying to remove Secretariat from Kentucky. But those folks, big announcement, kind of impacts big exports radio. Yeah, which is uh, which is exciting. I guess right, is Paul Rogers going to be calling games on the Big X? Could be. Could be. A texter says, Coach K thought they may lose, so he opted out again. Didn't see any back gifts, though. Those are my favorite. He's feeling better, there's a report. Oh. He needed a day of rest. He's feeling better. Well, how do you think he'll answer the the Tommy Amaker? You know, I just really wanted a white guy to coach Duke. <laughs> what if he said that? <laughs> I shouldn't think it's that funny. Louisville football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, and all the coaches' shows are moving to 93.9 FM The Ville and WGTK 970 AM in a new deal that begins July 1st. And that will have an impact on the big exports radio in partnership with both those stations. So this announcement really is the biggest deal for us. Yeah, we did it. We did it. We stole U of L athletics. We stole U of L for my heart, baby. Woo! That one's for you, Michael Bennett. <laughs>
But uh, 970, that's the studio and station. Like, that's where Mike Rutherford and – He yeah. does his, him and the big guy. They do their show from 970. It, so it, we have like a partnership. From their studios. Yes. But it's still on Big X, 1450, 961. A lot of stations lot of in town. Of yeah, there's there's partnerships. There's deals. That's why sometimes uh, you'll hear U of L baseball and stuff like that here on the Big X. There's a lot of Big X – Bigger and X-year news. So much bigger, so much X-year. Coming down the pipeline. Oh, this is really big news, TJ. And uh, Robert brings it up. He says, dibs on killing Justin when Indiana doesn't make the tournament. Oh. Yeah, we're going to broadcast a live murder <laughs> on air. Oh, my. my. Can we just not make it so brutal? Can it just be quick? Just end it. And then, of course, Rutherford's first comment. The days of Louisville radio coverage getting bumped around by Kentucky have come to an end. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's great too. Miss, gonna miss those days. We'll, we'll getting preempted by Kentucky. So, Kentucky's on the big stick, though. So, no, Big X is the big stick. Until the cats are on the Big X, you can't say that. I think we're the Big X, not the big stick. I, I do. I can't imagine UK just being like, oh, so we get eight forty all to ourselves though. Shucks. <laughs> but it's it's big news for Louisville. And the thing I will say about UofL that I like about this, they are keeping it local. Yeah. They're keeping it local. They're using local companies, local ownership with one minor exception. That's that's cool. That is good for UofL. A lot of people in this town are excited about this news, and I'm very happy for those people. Suck it, I heart. But this, a lot of this does come back to just U of L was sick of getting bumped around by yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, they didn't like that. Didn't like that at all. Which it is. It is. It's it's a it's a darned if you do, darned if you don't sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Like eight forty, you used to be able to hear in Europe. It's one of the strongest signals right, right. in the world. And but getting bumped by your rival isn't isn't the most ideal situation either. So. Uh, but congrats. A lot of people are really, really happy with this news, and they worked really hard to make it happen, and, and good for those folks. Uh, will be good news for L butt slappers. They're probably going to get L coaches on just – Oh, man. Left and right. Right and left. Oh, you know the first interview new men's basketball coach is going to be on. Diener, probably? Oh, also – Rutherford and Trevor, the U of L baseball games get get ready to be preempted, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. I, I've oh, I've Trevor's been going to be pumped. Oh, yeah, Trevor will be super sure. excited about that. Of course, the Mike Rutherford show had uh, a, a few more listeners than the sports talker with TJ Walker. Just so, a few. So maybe they'll make the decision that it's not a good move to to move, but. Um, the Mike Rutherford show, but yeah, they'll, they'll get to deal with that, but you'll get some U of L athletics on the big X and between over the years, Purdue, Indiana, the mm. Colts, high what? school coverage, Western. Western. I don't, yeah. I don't know if there's a station that has had more from variety. All Spice over. Alive. Absolutely. Uh, so again, congrats to everybody. A texter says, uh, good morning guys. We all know TJ knows his scramble is going to go. He fills out a scorecard before it starts <laughs> and Nick four putt, Scooter is by far the smartest on this show. Have a great morning, UK Pez. UK Pez knows. That's second UK. He knows. People treat cheat and scrambles are just the worst. For sure. Yeah, I'm there to have fun. As and, long and as it's like, how would you really feel good knowing you cheated and then like you win 
And whether it's cat, like if I win a scramble, I'm probably having a cigar and drinking multiple beers. Wouldn't you just kind of feel like a dork? Like being like, ha ha, we won. No, we didn't really win, but I would. A lot of folks don't. They have to live with themselves. They just don't care. They don't have a conscience. UK Pez continues, as long as Damon Thayer and Republicans run the state Senate, we will not have sports gambling. The controlling party has to allow a bill to be voted on, and they do not want the record. They do not want to be on the record for voting no. They are hypocrites. UK Pez, Kentucky will have sports gambling soon. I would I'm, I'm, I'm certainly no Damon Thayer defender, and it's ridiculous it's taken this long. But Kentucky will have legalized sports gambling, I would say, within two years, but I think it'll probably be sooner than that. And it is laughable. I agree with you. I, I mean, I'll, I'm willing to bet you any amount of money you want that Kentucky is not legalized sports gambling in two years. Okay, how much money would you like to bet on that? Oh, we're in Indiana, you, so you, we can. You, you, yeah. said any, you said any amount of money, so what, what's, your, what's, I mean, tw- what's your high? What's your high? I feel like 20 seems like our safe bet. <laughs> Any amount of money, $20. $20. (laughs) You're not good at negotiating, Justin. Oh, God, no. God, never have been. Yeah, you're going to need a real estate agent. I I just don't see that happening in two years. I mean, uh, why not? I just see for me, the way Churchill runs Kentucky, if it does become legal, it'll be through Churchill channels. It'll It'll have to be like a Churchill sports betting app. And I could be way wrong and off base on this, but. Well, I just do I don't know. Indiana's doing. You got to register at, like the racetrack. You don't have to do that in Indiana no, or in Illinois. Illinois. Sorry. Yeah. You'll, yeah. Something yeah. to be what happens. Yeah, but will you be able to utilize all the sports the betting apps? apps? Yeah. I don't yeah. know that you will. You will. You will. It's just they're just dragging their feet. There's so many channels do. to go through with that. I mean, they'll Thanks. they'll figure it out, um, but they've got to figure out like transgender bathroom bills and stuff first. Suck at Churchill. Those, um, priorities. Texture says it feels like we have played every single big game on the road this year while Gonzaga is playing at seven and twenty Pepperdine, night in and night out. It's a joke. And once March arrives and the neutral sites take place, I like our chances against anybody. Give us Tennessee, Auburn, Duke, Gonzaga, whoever. We'll beat them all. Just get healthy. I'd, I would, with all the trash we've been talking about, Gonzaga. Don't like all of their length though inside and their size. I will say that. Timmy's not really that big of a dude. Still seven footer. Timmy's a seven footer, or six eleven, or I mean, he's yeah. Oh geez, I didn't realize he was yeah, that he's, tall. He's, he's a big tall sob. Nah, six ten. I I was thinking okay. he was six eight, six nine, six ten seems generous for me. Um, Timmy doesn't worry me really. Whatever. I, I I think Chet would be more well guarding. Guarding Timmy would be difficult. Um, that would be a challenge, but. Brooks or Oscar, they'd be able to do whatever they wanted. I, I think for the most, as long as Brooks was hitting shots. But you probably wouldn't look at a playing Gonzaga till the Final Four, anyways. A texter says Damon gets a lot of crap deservedly for his idiotic takes, but don't let him be the shield for other state senators like mine, Mister Hornback, who just proposed the stupidest bill of twenty-two. Ban all hemp products that may be intoxicating. Oh, God. What are, what are with these people? I don't know. I wonder where, like, where they get inspired to do this. And then, are they writing these bills? I don't think so. They've got to have staffers doing it. I, I just, I don't under. I would love to just be able to chat with these people. Just get peel back their brains a little bit. Well, it's, there's a lot of layers there. 
And while, again, we will have sports gambling, that one is the, – the wheels are long have been in motion. It will happen. It's taken way too long. It's idiotic. I agree with all those things. But some of these other and, – and that texter's right. There's so It's not just there. There's so many, there's so many backwards people that are in, in legislative charge. positions yeah. – that I just don't know how you can say you care about Kentucky and don't want new jobs, new revenue streams, all for things that are already happening. Just makes zero, zero sense, and it's sad. A texter says, TC from Lexington. Hey, TC. Hey. UNC takes a quad four loss at home is brutal. Also, be safe up there since apparently judges think it's okay to let activists walk out of jail two days after trying to assassinate a mayor, a mayoral candidate. I mean, that's not how bail works. What's that? I mean, that's judges. I mean, may, maybe you could argue the judge should have set the bail higher, but like the judge doesn't decide. Like he got bailed out. Like it's it's how bail works. Yeah, it's but messed I think, up. I think, but I think like, the judge sets the bail. And I know. The, I think the he said it like a hundred thousand dollars, right? Yeah, hundred thousand dollars. That's not nearly. But they, don't enough. they don't they only have to pay like ten percent of that though to bond out? That might be the case. Actually, I, I, I don't think they have to pay the whole from amount. Place, I think that can be different from place to place. Oh, but I'm, I'm not hundred sure. percent sure about that. I if I just I would be like if I'm Craig Greenberg and I'm a Democrat in this city, I'd be like, what that? I'd be terrified. That that would be unsettling for me. Uh, can we also just like. The whatever this guy's motive was, and it might not be. I mean, he might just have way too many screws loose in his head. But like, Greenberg is going to get like sadly. But it's like the it's like in the candidate. Like he shoots the guy and he goes up. Like people know who he is now, everywhere in this city because of this incident. Yeah, but, but he almost died. No, yeah, I, I understand. But like, from but he's going to win the picture, race. Like he's he's going to win now. <laughs> Right, I, I I know it's soon. Like it just happened two or three days ago, and it's really messed up. But like he's probably gonna be our next mayor now. Just, just think I, of him I, telling this story to his grandkids 10, 10, 20 years from now. I almost died, but I won the race because of it. There's other candidates that have a lot more resources <laughs> and money that I think are still probably in better spots. But you are right that this has gotten him national and citywide and state news. Obviously, uh, I don't. I doubt he would take the trade off for that. But I don't know Craig personally, so I can't say for certain. But, all in all, but, it's a but, very messed up. Like very, uh, yeah, it's just all. All of it's sad. Yeah. This, this is one of the like as we talk about like Louisville is not a normal city. All the stuff that's been going on, and so many of it centers around athletics. This is one of the of the footnotes of history that do not center around athletics, and it's also kind of just like sad and gross and not fun to talk about so probably won't get discussed as much but yeah dude just walks into a mayor candidate's office a guy who wasn't going to be the mayor before this happened but you're right maybe this helps him and fires eight rounds just from point blank and also coincidentally misses all of them like yeah. i mean harry you're a horrible shot like, have you watched you watched tombstones racist gemstones not this week's okay I didn't see South Park last night either, so I'm a little new, behind on some. Jim Stone's just such a it's a, it's just the best show, so good. I look forward to it. <sighs> Texter says Coach K wants Shire, so when he fails, K looks even better. The Rat don't want next guy to succeed. Wow, I uh, wouldn't wouldn't totally surprise me if that was his mindset, but I think he just 
I think more so he's going to want the credit for handpicking the guy. And it seemed like maybe people at Duke were more fond of Amaker. Kay was more fond of Shire, so Kay won out. But again, let's all hope that it doesn't work that it doesn't work out for Shire. What I want is like Shire to kind of flame out after three years and Kay to be like, all right, I'm coming back. But he comes back in like a Zoom coach feature somehow. <laughs> they just have like a you know video of him on the sideline. John here. Good morning, buddies. Hey, what would you guys be thinking if you were a fan of Duke and Coach K not being there next year? I'd be a little concerned, even though it's Duke. Anytime you lose your Hall of Fame coach, there could definitely be a year or so to get your traction back. Also, what do you guys like better? Any flavor of Pop-Tart or bagel? And yes, you can use butter on your Pop-Tart or cream cheese on your bagel, however you like it. Well, got to go talk to you later. Who puts butter on Pop-Tarts? Pop-Tarts significantly better than bagels. Disagree. Give me an every seed bagel with normal cream cheese all day, every day. It's not. We're, this is not an opinion. This is factual. Pop the, mine's, yeah. mine's factual. So here's the thing, Justin. Uh, I will get bagels from time to time. I do not eat pop tarts anymore though, because exactly just, it's just sugar. Well, like, we're if not I'm going to ki- eat a sugary. Like I'm going to eat a donut from Thor's exactly. if I'm going to eat like the. the but uh, I will say though, like if you if you're like all right, Desert Island, you need. You, we're giving you one of these two: brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts, two of them, or. Actually, this is a bad scenario because a bagel would probably be more filling, but I would probably take the brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart over the bagel. Hmm. Have either of you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? No. And no. significantly yeah. more Pop-Tarts are sold each year than bagels. Well, yeah, because there's, I mean, uh, the kids love Pop-Tart. When I was a kid, sugar. when <laughs> I was a kid, sugar. this question is completely different. I'm on team Pop-Tart, but as an adult, I'm on team bagel, specifically every seed bagel. Bagels are much more uh, versatile. Yes. Give them that. And then, yeah, Duke, again, they will recruit for themselves. Look at Shire's first class, that's his, with Lively and whatnot. They they are, they are will be – they should be fine. Now, like a Hubert David, Davis situation, if Shire can't coach for beans and the locker room gets all choppy and whatnot, then Duke could have a couple down years. But I think long-term, that, that won't be the norm. Duke is sadly here to stay. Too much national recognition – Laura, that you know, huge fan bandwagon fan base. Somebody says, "Do you fart with the war, Little Dicky?" My favorite Little Dicky song. Oh, don't miss, don't don't listen to a lot of the Little Dicky. I'm familiar. Watch that show though. Check out Pillow Talking, Nick. It's a crazy song. UK offensive coordinator Matt Mummy. What about UK offensive coordinator Matt Harms? <laughs> Finally got him. Matt Mummy been out at Nevada. Is that really how the name's spelled? What? M-U-M-M-E. Yes. That is crazy. My whole life I thought it was M-U-M-M-Y. Oh, like <laughs> like an actual mummy. British mummy. Yeah. Mummy. Yeah. But that's not how you spell like, wait, is that? I thought how mummy. My whole life I thought it was M-U-M-M-Y. I guess I've always seen mummies in the plural too, but I guess that's how you would spell like the regular, like a singular mummy, correct? Correct. Huh, interesting. So he's doing, that mummy's doing well? Yeah. Doing pretty good. He has a quarterback that's going to get taken, I don't know, either early second round, late first round this year. Was Carson Strong. Is, how long has he been at Nevada? Maybe two or three years. Nevada was the 
team that had to go to like their four string quarterback and played that six ten dude, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they were winning by Watts. They put him in, but yeah, he, he no, punted. he had to play the bowl game and he stunk. And he had lost. to play in the bowl bowl game. Yeah, he started the bowl game. Yeah, I just bet against Nevada because I knew Strong wouldn't play. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's six ten and he uh, like punt for him. He's a lefty. He's enormous. <laughs> he's huge. It was, it was funny. It watching looks him. like a creative player out on the football yeah. field. He just it looks like he does not belong. I don't know. Matt, I watched some of that bowl game. Didn't know Matt Mummy was there. Tell us about all the meat you have ate. Yeah, I think what you mean is eaten. Yeah, another texter eaten. says, "TJ, no one is disputing your meat intake." Good. A, a very versatile palate. Not afraid to try new things. Okay. Another texter. I was reading something on, oh, okay. on Twitter. <laughs> Just didn't really feel like reading this text. Somebody's saying that the UK U of L game will be December twenty first on ESPN for basketball. How would All they right. know how they know that so far away? <laughs> A texter says, Wow, horse racing talk. Come on, Nick. Your daddy taught you better. It's just a very weird phrase. Like your daddy. It's just weird. It makes me feel Everyone knows Russian tanks are worthless unless the ground is frozen. Kind of like Nick's golf game. Oh! <laughs> the ground's not going to be frozen at the fairgrounds, is it? Nope, not frozen. Uh, bad news it's for warm, Russian tanks. Warm this time of year. Uh, Not to sound like a bummer, but horse racing talk is the most boring talk of all time, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't gamble. Wait, you're someone who doesn't gamble? Don't gamble at all? Don't even put a few coins on the cats? That's wild. Oh, man. Somebody says EJ is boring. Roush definitely needs to hit Derby prep this week. 101st is not a good position. Yeah, not doing well. You're 101st? One race, yeah. Yikes. No facts, but just an assumption of mine. If you are a grown man that lives in Santa Claus, Indiana, you're a bit of a pedo or creep looking at you, Deputy Duva. Santa Claus, Indiana is a great place. Is there anything that besides the the amusement park? Uh, The golf course. Oh, that's true. If I Would I want to live there? Absolutely not. But I'm sure there I'm sure there are great people there, and obviously the life's a little slower in Santa Claus, Indiana, because you can spend all day on Twitter tweeting about UK. You think all the radio stations in Santa Claus constantly play Christmas music? Gotcha. You would think there'd have to be one station in Santa Claus that was just like, all right, we're twenty four seven Christmas music, because <laughs> they they do play Christmas music at the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hey, we just turn it on. One oh six, the froggy. What is it? Jay Cutler from uh, Santa Claus, Indiana. Hey, oh. Texter says it's time for Toppin to start for Brooks. Thanks, Terry. I don't know. Yeah. I like. I like the. I, I don't really care. I like the starts. nature. Yeah, I'm with you, but I also like that he brings a similar energy off the bench, kind of like Mints, where like just his athleticism adds something to the court, and I like that you can bring that in off the bench to just. All right, things are getting a little stale. Come on. Let's go, Jacob. Give him something. Yeah, the Keon Brooks and Jacob Toppin are like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. You got you to gotta give it time. If It doesn't really matter how it starts or who starts. You got to – we'll eventually find out if we like it or not. And then generally between the two, there will be a twist. Be Jacob Toppin dunk. No, the twist will be Jacob Toppin's ankle probably. You never know. Wow. What? I, I don't want him to have a twist. Well, you're, you're, you're predicting it. You're saying that it's going to happen. But it's there's inevitable. truth to it that as the game goes on, those guys will both get their opportunities. Brooks generally gets maybe slightly more. Well, not slightly, but he does get more. 
But you'll find out who's having a better game between the two of them, and Calipari will generally play that player. But I was thinking about Keon Brooks, who just couldn't hit anything. The shots looked fine for the most part against Tennessee. I was kind of thinking that, like, you know, that's that a player like Keon Brooks is somewhat the difference in that game. He had open looks. He had open shots. He has an unbelievable game against Kansas and Kentucky Cruises. So as much as we talked about earlier in this show about, like, yeah, there's different levels of Ty Ty being good and what it can take that team, well, if a Ty Ty level is low and he's not playing well, then you can get a lot from Brooks hitting a bunch of shots. And don't tell me that we don't know he can do it. We know he can, but these last two games are how she's combined for just for 10 points after scoring 10 points or more in, what, the four or five games before then? So need Brooks to start hitting more shots. I think that just makes life easier on the rest of UK's offense. And if he isn't hitting, then you put more pressure on the other guys to have to go get theirs. So just got to make the shots. Brooks is doing a much better job of letting the game come to him. He had that bogus three that he threw up, but that was desperation. The team was just looking for anything. But when he lets the game come to him, he missed them against Tennessee. Right, but they were there. They were good shots. Yeah, Yeah, It was like, here's a post up, and you're getting an eight-footer. Like That that was a good move. It just just wasn't falling. It might might be Thompson bowling arena. That that place might just... Weird range. Weird. Suck at Thompson. The elevation. The altitude. Uh, Texter says on the Thorn Sex line, I think our guards would bother Gonzaga's guards. Guard play typically wins in March. Yeah, just better. The best teams generally win in March for the most part. But, yes, I do think Kentucky has a significant backcourt advantage over Gonzaga. I'm not, you know, Kentucky could could take Gonzaga. Kentucky can take everybody. Yeah. Drop those Pop-Tarts in a toaster and spread some butter on the bottoms while they're still warm. That hits every time. Trust. That's Trust. incredible that people actually do that. I'm going to have to try it. I bet it's amazing. I love butter. Uh, I feel like I would see it in commercials with like a little slab of butter like really? melting on top. Like a, you know, just like a little, hmm. little dollop there. But um, yeah. Yeah. I've never tried it either. I'm just not a huge like butter. I, I, I love food with butters and I'm very obvious, but... I'm not a get butter out and start spreading on my own homemade food. Like on like a biscuit? Yes, correct. Duke is a big fan of white butter. See, he will eat he will just eat the biscuit like top down. Like eat the the butter first and then get to the rest of it. See with jelly too, that's funny. Man. Funny stuff. Not kids, they're hilarious. Hamilton's coming to Louisville. You all should give away some tickets to TJ's brother specifically. Wow, you missed out on getting Hamilton tickets? I didn't, Johnny, because I'm a good husband who's Ready to make sure his wife has a good time out on the town. If you were a good husband, why didn't you get the tickets when they were in town three years ago? I hadn't seen Hamilton yet. Didn't really. It's also a much tougher ticket. This time it was like an email showed from Inbox. It's like, you should get your tickets today. It's like, oh, okay, I'll get them. Yeah, last, the first time they came to Louisville, you had to buy season tickets to get the tickets. And you, but you got to see some great stuff like, uh, get on your feet. Oh, they're coming in June. Come on and make it happen. You think they're going to make people show meaningless vaccine passports to get they, into they Whitney Hall? You got to get, yeah, you got to use one. You think by June they're going to still have that? Probably. All right, let's see what a Saturday, Friday show to go see Hamilton. Uh, the, I would tell you more. Two hundred eight dollars worth seats just to get in the house. Are you serious? I got the pre-sale for a Friday night show. Yeah, it was uh seventy six a pop for the work like the upper decks. What night on are you a going? Sunday, and that was really the only ones that had like two seats next to each other left. They were it was mostly sold out uh, during their pre-sale stuff. So I may end up buying a ticket to go see it. I've seen it. Not a huge deal though. <laughs> it's good. 
I didn't really know exactly what was going on the first time I saw it. So now that I am more familiar, maybe I'd enjoy it. Well, more. that that was the thing with me and Phantom of the Opera. Didn't really, couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you what's going on with that. All right, uh, Cal- Calipari spoke yesterday. Um, Hadn't seen Tata. <laughs> you all were surprised. He wasn't yeah. going to give an update. I wonder how many people started crying over that. Weeping in the streets yeah, of Lexington. Seen him. No. Was asked about Sharp. I I just reading or hearing his tone. I think he's frustrated with the Sharp situation. We don't have well, enough time to talk tired, about that. Probably today. tired of talking about it. Oh, I too. think that's it too. And I, but I I just kind of get a little bit of a sense of like I don't I I can read some ripples potentially between Cal and the Ooh, Sharp ripples. camp, but. Mm. But anyway, sorry, we got a we got a Friday show. We'll preview Kentucky against Alabama. UK looks for the season sweep against the Tide. On Saturday, we've got a Friday show to get you ready for that. And whatever else we'll preview and get to tomorrow. Send some texts in, the the people that are the podcast listeners onto the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And everybody have a great Thursday. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Deep sea sing